0: dear loving father in heaven we thank you for giving us life and we also thank you for the blessings you have bestowed upon us to help us to make our lives to be worth living the spiritual blessings you've given the provision of the temporal needs that make our lives to be prolonged we say thank you dear father we have come now to study your word and we ask for your help we pray father that you grant us understanding of your word and that you would open the eyes of our understanding through your spirit consecrate me to your service father and grant me understanding put your words in my mouth that i may speak blessings to your children in jesus name i've prayed amen that I may know him, January 29: Our divine redeemer, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, Philippians chapter two verse six. Jesus counted it not a thing to be grasped to be equal with God. Because divinity alone could be efficacious in the restoration of man from the poisonous bruise of the serpent, God himself, in his only begotten Son, assumed human nature, and in the weakness of human nature, sustained the character of God, vindicated his holy law in every particular, and accepted the sentence of wrath and death for the sons of men. What a thought is this. He who was one with the Father before the world was made, had such compassion for a world lost and ruined by transgression, that he gave his life a ransom for it. He who was the brightness of the Father's glory, the express image of his person, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, suffering the penalty of man's transgression, until justice was satisfied and required no more. How great is the redemption that has been worked out for us! So great that the Son of God died the cruel death on the cross to bring to us life and immortality through faith in him. This wonderful problem, how God could be just and yet the justifier of sinners, is beyond human ken. As we attempt to fathom it, it broadens and deepens beyond our comprehension. When we look with the eye of faith upon the cross of Calvary and see our sins laid upon the victim hanging in weakness and ignominy there, we grasp the fact that this is God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We are led to exclaim, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 When man can measure the exalted character of the Lord of hosts and distinguish between the eternal God and finite humanity, he will know how great has been the sacrifice of heaven to bring man from where he has fallen through disobedience to become part of the family of God. The divinity of Christ is our assurance of eternal life. He, the sin bearer of the world, is our only medium of reconciliation with the Holy God. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Our Divine Redeemer. And I want to begin by referring to something that we have learned before when we looked at our devotion studying about the eternal God. There we saw that was in January 5. There we looked at something about the eternal God. And in this devotion we just read now, the last statement reminds us of that. We are told the divinity of Christ is our assurance of eternal life. So, it's very important that we understand very much why it is that we have a divine redeemer. And when the word divine is used here, we are not referring to the divinity that we become partakers of by borrowing it we are talking to the divinity that is original angels are not divine they have eternal life they are part of the divine nature but they are not originally divine divinity refers to the father the son the holy spirit that is divinity we are talking of god who has life in him original unborrowed underived he who was not created but was creator of everything both time and space And everything inside that thing we call space. I like to talk about space so much because in our imagination we say God exists but he must exist somewhere. God does not exist in the sense of being inside space. Space is not bigger than God. God is bigger than space. He created what we call space. He created light and darkness. Some people think darkness is original. There's nothing original but God himself. Even darkness was created. Light was created, space was created, time was created. The eternal divine God, He is the assurance of our eternal life. And we want to understand in this devotion that why it is that only Jesus could die for our sins. Why didn't angels die? Why does it have to be a divine redeemer? Why not an angelic redeemer? Why was not an angel sent to die for us? Why was it, why did it have to be God Himself? And also, we saw something there a problem that was called our attention was called to it says this wonderful problem how god could be just and yet the justifier of sinners as is beyond human ken. so those are the two things we are going to be looking at in this devotion so why did jesus have to step down to redeem man why jesus could he not have sent an angel and even if he couldn't send an angel why did he have to come in the way he did why the humiliation of god having to come through the legs of a sinful woman we will look more on this tomorrow why did jesus have to be born of a woman but today we are looking at why it is that it had to be him and not an angel because even if he needed to come the way he did must he couldn't he have just come like just appear as a man why be born That's, those are the other things we will look at but i would say in tomorrow's devotion but today Why him and not an angel? There was a problem that was created by man's sin. We will review the origin of sin much more again tomorrow but let's just come straight to the point that man sinned. Devil caused man to sin. Man sinned. And we need to understand the depth of sin. To understand the payment, the only thing that can pay for man's sin. The Bible tells us that sin demands the death of the sinner. That is the only way to atone for sin. The sinner must die. But even that death of the sinner cannot really atone for the sin. We know, yes, the Bible says in Romans 6 verse 23 that the wages of sin is death. So, whoever sins must die. And there's a beautiful thing about this here that we're going to look at. How is How did God propose to save man? How did he propose to save man? You know that sin is the breaking of the law that's what sin is it is the breaking of the law which is the law of god how can sin be atoned for in romans 7 verse 12 let's see the character of that law which was broken it says wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good so the law is holy and in the breaking of it when you say something has been broken just imagine the law to be an object It needs to be amended and the material needs to be used to amend it. No material you can use to amend that holy law would fit except the material is equal to the material that was used to make the law before. Now the law is holy, therefore only something that is holy can be used to amend the broken law. Also in Psalm 19 verse 7, it says the law of the Lord is perfect. In Psalm 119, verse 96, we want to see the depth of the perfection. Yes, the law of the Lord is perfect, but how perfect? Are angels not perfect? Are there not human beings that are perfect? Even Jesus said, be ye perfect, even as your father is perfect. So, we can be perfect. But, perfection has greed. To what extent is the law perfect? Psalm 119, verse 96 says, I have seen an end of all perfection. So there are some perfections, they have end. But thy commandment is exceeding broad. So here the word of God is saying, yes, there are things that are perfect, angelic perfection, human perfection, perfection of heavenly bodies. But the word of God says, these perfections, they have an end. I have seen an end of all perfection, all. No matter the perfection you are calling, they have an end. It, we are not taking the perfection away from the angels or from any human being who the Lord declares perfect. You will not take away from it its perfection, but they have an end. But not the law of God. The law of God is exceeding broad. He's comparing the perfection of the law to the perfection of other things. The perfection of the law cannot be compared to the perfection of any other thing, and we'll see why now. And when we understand why the perfection of the law is this deep, then we would understand why it is that angels could not die for our sins and even Adam perhaps would not have been able to die for the sin of Eve. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 63, paragraph 2 says, The Son of God, heaven's glorious commander, was touched with pity for the fallen race. His heart was moved with infinite compassion as the woes of the lost world rose up before him. But divine love, take note our devotion, the divine redeemer. But divine love had conceived a plan whereby man might be redeemed. The broken law of God demanded the life of the sinner. In all the universe, there was but one, take note, in all the universe, there was but one who could, in behalf of man, satisfy its claims. Since the divine law is as sacred as God himself, only one equal with God could make atonement for its transgression. None but Christ could redeem fallen man from the curse of the law and bring him again into harmony with heaven. Christ would take upon himself the guilt and shame of sin, sin so offensive to a holy God that it must separate the father and his son. Christ would reach to the depths of misery to rescue the ruined race." End of quote. So let us chew on this for a while. It says that the law of God demanded the life of a sinner but in the whole universe there is only one person who could satisfy the claims of the law and there is a reason why. It is what we have seen earlier. It is because the perfection of the law is beyond all perfection. It is divine perfection, it is not angelic perfection, it is not human perfection and only one who is divine can atone for the breaking of that law. Do we now see why God asked Eve? When Adam had sinned and the Lord came asking Adam, where are you? Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I hid myself because I was naked and the Lord said to Adam. Who told you that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the fruit whereof I commanded thee not to eat? And Adam said, It is the woman that you gave me. Let me just divert a bit. Thank God Adam could say, It is the woman you gave me. There are some people who cannot say, It is the woman you gave me. Because they choose for themselves. But God chose for Adam. Just a bit of a diversion. But here Adam said, It is the woman you gave me. And then God turned to the woman. No argument. He didn't argue with Adam is the woman you gave me you're trying to blame god no problem god turns away from adam and goes to eve and asks her a very sympathetic and deep deep question the question he she he asked eve was this what is this that thou hast done that question every time i think of it in light of what we have just understood the question is deep Genesis chapter 3, reading from verse 13. What is this that thou hast done? Eve did not understand what she had done. Adam did not understand. They thought that they were trifling when they ate that fruit. They did not understand what they had done. Eve, do you understand what you just did in breaking the law? Do you know that you have just killed me? The only way you can be saved the angels cannot die for you. I am the only one that can do it. You have set me up to fulfill something that is going to be a painful experience. What is this that thou hast done, Eve, is what the Lord asked. I can imagine that that question was not asked in a way of annoyance or anger but to cause them to think. What is this that thou hast done?" Because they did not understand that the only person whose death could satisfy the claims of the law was only one who is as holy, who is as divine, whose holiness is equal to that of the law. It says in what we read, only one equal with God could make atonement for the transgression of the law. None but Christ. None. Not even angels could do it. The divine redeemer. Now, this is the reason why Christ had to come. Why God had to take human form. Tomorrow, we'll talk about why he had to be, take the human form by being born. Because there are many ways for him to take human form. He could have just come as a human being. But he had to take human form just for today. It had to be him. And none other because the law's divinity and the holiness of the law is equal and is as sacred as God Himself. I take that comment again, Patriarchs and Prophets, page 63, paragraph 2. Since the divine law is as sacred as God Himself, only one equal with God could make atonement for its transgression. That answers the question as to why Jesus had to come. We read in our devotion in the Time in Him, page 35, paragraph 2 that Jesus Christ counted it not a thing to be grasped to be equal with God because divinity alone could be efficacious in the restoration of man from the poisonous bruise of the serpent. Then God himself in his only begotten son assumed human nature and in the weakness of human nature sustained the character of God, vindicated his holy law in every particular and accepted the sentence of wrath and death for the sons of men. What a thought is this? really what a thought is this that god knew from the beginning that if man sins this is the only way that man is going to be redeemed and yet he still embarked on this expedition knowing that the only way man can be saved is by his death and yet he took this risk he took it you see when we look at this that only the death of jesus one who is as holy as the law could satisfy the claims of the law when we look at this we, we we really have to humble ourselves and see what manner of love is this what manner of love is this that god will die for my sins and when we contemplate that the law giver himself who is equal to the law had to die we need to be humble and stop asking questions as to why does God allow man to suffer? Why is it that he knew this would happen and yet he created us and all of that? Those questions are rebellious questions. They are questions also of ignorance. It may not be rebellion but also plain ignorance. So now to understand what we are saying more deeply, we saw in our devotion in page 35 paragraph 4, the time we know him, it says, when man can measure the exalted character of the Lord of hosts, if you know the depth of his holiness and the 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 depth of his righteousness when you understand that and distinguish between the eternal God and finite humanity, know the gap between us and God, how big, how mighty, how exceeding great is the distance between us and God. When we can understand that, that's what it says, we will know how great has been the sacrifice of heaven to bring man from where he has fallen through disobedience to become part of the family of god so it's left for us to meditate on the greatness the might and the exalted character of god how holy he is how righteous he is and then look at how sinful we are and then think that to save us from our sins we don't understand how deep sin is understand sin is no joke for sin to demand that the highest highest of the highest creator of heaven and earth the I am that I am, the eternal God, the one who was, who is and is to come, the mighty God and the eternal Father, for sin to demand that the only way it can be atoned for is his death. What does that tell you about sin? You may have your answer, but I would say for myself, sin is no joke. Sin is a serious issue. It's a very serious issue that angels could not die, it demanded the creator himself to atone for our sins that we may be saved. When we understand the depth that we are in and the height of God and the fact that he had to come down from his exalted position to come down to our own depth to raise us up, then you see, first of all, the humility of God. Then we also see that God is good then we realize that sin is very bad for this to have happened. But then again, there was another reason why our Redeemer has to be God himself. Why? It is that Jesus himself had to be the one to redeem us. Reading again from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 69, from 68, paragraph 2 and downward, it says, But the plan of redemption had a broader and deeper purpose than the salvation of man. It was not for this alone that Christ came to the earth. It was not merely that the inhabitants of this little world might regard the law of God as it should be regarded, but it was to vindicate the character of God before the universe. This act of Christ in dying for the salvation of man would not only make heaven accessible to men, but before all the universe it would justify God and his son in their dealing with the rebellion of Satan. It would establish the perpetuity of the law of God and would reveal the nature and results of sin. End of quote. From here now, we can see other purposes that God had in coming. in by himself. One of the problems that he was trying to solve was that Satan had accused God of being selfish, of lacking self-denial, of also giving a law that cannot be kept. And in Christ coming here on earth to die, it was also solving the problem that Satan had created. We'll look at that problem tomorrow. But then, I would go on to the other part of what we said we will talk about which is the problem of justifying man and yet being a merciful God because for God to be just he needs to say that the sinner must die that is justice the sinner must die but for God to be a justifier of man and yet to be a merciful God it means that God has to find a way around it how can he save man you've said that the wages of sin is that you want to justify a sinner a sinner and yet be a just god how can you justify a sinner and be a just god that's the way christ the way god did it is exactly what we have been talking about sin demands that man dies but jesus came and took man's place instead of we dying the lord died for us and has given us the opportunity to have his life He took our sins and gave us his life. And this reminds me again why it had to be him alone. Why it has to be a divine redeemer. Angels do not have eternal life. They don't have it in them, underived, unborrowed and original. Their life is sustained by God. But only one who has eternal life in himself could come and die for man and give him eternal life. How could God be just and still be a justifier of sinners? It is what he did that is how by coming down here and dying for our sins and when he died that's why the lord says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life for the lord did not send his son to condemn the world in the book of John 3, I just read John three sixteen, but John 3, verse 17 is also very key for us to understand. It says in verse 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We are condemned already because of our sins. Jesus did not come to condemn us. He came to save He gives us the opportunity of substituting our death with his. We give him our sins. He dies for us. He has died for our sins already. He has taken it all. But if we choose not to believe in him, therefore, we want to die our death. He has died the death that was supposed to be for us. And if we believe in him, God can justify us. And how can he justify us? He can say, I have taken your sins. And how did he take it? He did not have a death sentence on him. He is not condemned already, unlike us, that we are already condemned because of our sins. But Jesus, as we have seen in our previous devotion, lived a life without sin. And in living a life without sin, he was qualified to be an offering for the sins of men. Because one who has sinned cannot die for another person who is a sinner. I cannot die for you, neither can you die for me. The only person that can die for another person is one who is without sin. But then, an angel is without sin, if they die for us, fine, but they cannot give us eternal life because they don't have it. The only person who could live a sinless life and yet give eternal life is God himself, It is god that has eternal life and that is why we have to have a divine redeemer there was no other option if there were if man needed to have eternal life it had to be a divine redeemer it cannot be an angelic redeemer it cannot be a human redeemer because humanity even if humanity is born and live a holy life all true this humanity does not have eternal life we are mortals so if i die for you i'm only exchanging my mortal life that's if i was even sinless but i'm not and there's no human without sin romans 3 verse 10 tells us that and romans 3 verse 23 there's none good no not one everyone has sinned and come short of the glory of god so i cannot die for anyone we needed someone and an angel can can say oh i'm holy i don't have sin in my life but then they cannot give me eternal life and that is why we had to have a divine redeemer how could God be just and justify the sinner? By coming down here by himself, living a holy and sinless life, and taking the sins of the whole world upon himself, and taking the penalty for all man's sins, and dying the death that we should have died. That is how. And now, man can be justified, because Christ has died for us. This is a beautiful thing to dwell upon. When we discuss with ourselves, let us discuss less about earthly things and let us contemplate this love and the way God really um, found a way to save us by coming down. There was see, sin had to be atoned for. Somebody must die. The sinner must die. And we have seen in previous devotions, in the baptism of Jesus, why Christ baptized, we saw there that the sin of the world was placed upon him. And he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In the book of Isaiah 53, we are told that the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now God can justify us because we are sinners but we cannot be justified. But when he takes away our sins and places it on one who is holy, now we can be justified. And when he takes the life of Christ, his holy character, and imputes it to us, we can be justified. This is the beautiful way that God can be just and be a justifier of sinners. So let us glory in this. Let us thank the Lord and let us still contemplate what sin has done to God. That there was no other way. What is this thou hast done, Eve? What is this that I have done? What is this that you have done? In our sins, we crucify the Son of Man afresh. We don't crucify angels. It is God. Because he is the only one who could atone for our sins. Because of the holiness of the law and the sacredness of that law, only God himself could atone for it. Let us think on that. That sin is no small matter. and May God give us the grace to have that holy fear that we should not carelessly indulge in sin. Understanding that sin is what brought down our creator to this earth to die. May God help us. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for these lessons we have learned. I pray, Father, that as you will grant us grace by your Spirit, that you help us to contemplate these things, that we may, by contemplation, rise up to heavenly places, have a more sensitive conscience to sin, and have a deeper love for our Lord Jesus Christ that will cause us to walk in the way of truth and righteousness, to behold him and be changed into his image, that we may not trifle with sin, but that we would give loyalty to you, faithfulness to you, for all that you have done for us in leaving your courts, knowing very well that sin will demand your death and yet you venture to create us, knowing very well that you will be the one that will suffer. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness thank you for all you have done for us and what you have suffered for us. I pray that we, when called to suffer, will not run away, but that in love, we will also give you our lives. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. This message was brought to you by the Angel with a Strong Voice, a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for his imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.towers.org that is www.tawasv.org or contact info at towers.org